Why, hey there. Today on the show, we are going to be tackling the age-old question, does a truly ergonomic chair exist? Let's do this. Welcome to the Business of Ergonomics podcast. I'm your host, Darcy Jeremy. I'm a board-certified professional ergonomist with over 15 years of experience delivering ergonomics programs to employers of all different types. In this podcast, I share what other healthcare professionals are already doing and being with ergonomics assessments and how to land those clients that you dream of. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode right now. So I have a question for you, and this is absolutely dependent on where you are in doing office ergonomics assessments. Personally, I started doing industrial ergonomics assessments. I thought office ergonomics assessments were going to be a cakewalk until I started to do them. And I didn't know up from down. I didn't know what brands to recommend for chairs. I didn't know what functions to look for for chairs. I just knew what the theory said in the textbooks. So I had a huge learning curve when it came to finding the chairs to recommend, testing them out, and then making the right recommendations based on what my client needs were and based on their budget. Finding a chair that works budget-wise that you are aware of is probably one of the hardest things that I had to learn when I was starting my office ergonomics journey. But you know what? So many people are getting into office ergonomics assessments because there's such an upside to this, especially if you're going for those corporate clients. Imagine this. Just from one conversation with a decision maker in corporate, you have 30 office ergonomics assessments to do. That's amazing. That can be your whole goal of office ergonomics revenue in just a few weeks. However, here's the crunch point. You do the office ergonomics assessments, but then you get home and you have to start compiling those reports because you'll get paid after those reports are delivered to the client. So you got to get through them as efficiently as possible. What are the chairs that you're going to recommend if anyone needs a chair? Is a chair even recommended in the first place? How can you make sure that you're recommending the best chair to your client? And that, and my friends, makes ergonomics assessments and being really good at them challenging, especially when you're first getting started. I remember my first office ergonomic report literally took me 10 hours to complete even though I was already sufficiently trained at doing industrial ergonomics. Why? Because I had to search, 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 try, try, try different chairs on the market to make sure that I was recommending the best chair for my client. And I was already trained. I think I almost had my CPE, Certified Professional Ergonomist designation. So I knew my stuff in theory, but finding out which brands of chairs were the most important and best to recommend my clients, that threw me for the loop. And if you're listening to this episode right now and you are already doing office ergonomics assessments, then reminisce with me, if you will. It can be challenging to find that good chair, but you did it. And maybe you even have a list of chairs based on circumstances 
that you recommend to your clients because it saves you time in the future. And I've certainly compiled my own list of things to recommend. And I've even compiled a list of ergonomic risk assessments um, that I copy and paste into reports because there is a lot of redundancy and copy and pasting when you have seen enough office ergonomics assessments. And you can get access to that in my programs, um, specifically the Ergonomics Blueprint. And I have a really awesome app in Accelerate the Business of Ergonomics that you can get access to as well. Let's talk about more about this idea of a truly ergonomic chair. It's technically possible to get a chair that would have the degree of adjustability or, or get this, interchangeable parts that would be able to fit a very high percentage of the population. That's one thing. But here's an entirely different can of worms. Getting people to use their chair in a truly ergonomic manner is an entirely different beast that you have to battle. And this is something that plagues us as ergonomics consultants and how we can best set our clients up for success. You could have the best possible ergonomic chair on the market available that costs $1,000 for your client. But if it's not adjusted to fit that user and if that user just takes it out of the box and bop, places it down in front of their office without making any adjustments, well, this should not be any surprise to you, my friend, but it's throwing money out the window. It's a waste of that investment, and you might as well just sit on a wooden chair because you're not using that investment to its opportunity and its possibility there. On top of this, it's the personal preferences that affect the level of comfort that someone experiences and determines whether or not they like the chair in the first place. I have certainly seen clients that may like a particular chair based on its color, its texture, or the overall cool factor, while others think that it's the worst for the same exact reasons. So we're going to go more into the details of what makes a chair ergonomic and then what to do when you are looking for an ergonomic chair for your client. The first question I wanna ask you to consider is what sets an ergonomic chair apart in the first place? If you ever visit an ergonomics message board on the internet, then you'll see a lot of questions asking if a particular chair is considered to be ergonomic or what the most ergonomic chair is for a particular type of job, like a developer or a computer programmer. Well, long story short, there's so many types of options out there at numerous price points that all claim that they are ergonomic. How can every chair who claims to be ergonomic actually be ergonomic? And what makes a chair ergonomic in the first place? Put yourself in the shoes of your client here. And they want to make sure that they're making the best choice for themselves. So they buy a chair that says they're ergonomic. Or maybe they buy a gaming chair because it looks pretty cool. But if you've ever sat in a gaming chair, you know, it's not the most 
ergonomic. It's not the most comfortable, especially when you compare it to these brands that specialize in this type of thing. Ergonomics is all about the fit between the equipment and the user. The fit. When things are awesome, that person's going to be able to be productive. When things are not fit, and when that is the other way around, when that person tries to use something not designed for them, that's where awkwardness and complaints occur. And we want to try to avoid that at all possible costs. In most cases, it means that that chair has to have the ability to adjust. The more adjustability means that the chair is going to cost more money. However, it's going to be able to adjust to the specific anthropometric needs of your person. Let's take the armrests, for example. Armrests are 99.9% too wide for most users, especially female users. And if those armrests are too wide combined with either being too high or too low, that can put a lot of strain on the shoulders if that person is using the armrest throughout the day. That's just one example of all the variables that could be going wrong in a specific type of chair. In most cases, this means that you really need to look at this with a fine tooth comb. And because of this reason that things have to be able to adjust, it rules out many meeting rooms, coffee shops, airport, waiting room chairs, etc., as not being ergonomic, especially if you're dealing with them for the long term. To be considered to be ergonomic, the chair should be able to be adjusted to fit the user in a number of key areas. These include the lower back and the lumbar area. That's probably your number one thing of importance here. You got to look at that lower back lumbar area. Then can that backrest adjust? Can it go up and down? Can it tilt backwards? That's important too, but that's going to come at an even higher price. Armrest height and width is always a plus. Seat pan length is really important. And chair height non-negotiable in my perspective. If there's a mismatch in any of these or if the adjustment simply isn't available, it would mean that the chair is not ergonomic for that person. And when you combine that to the amount of foam padding that's on the seat pan and the overall fit and design of the chair, it really means you have to look at this carefully. The next thing I want to bring up to you, my friend, is the outliers. Have you ever seen one chair used in the office as the standard? That means it doesn't matter what that person's job is, if they are larger or smaller, or have pre-existing conditions like long-term back pain, everybody is using the same type of chair. I think that we can all agree that without knowing any more information, about this particular situation, it would likely be not ergonomic, not an ergonomic setup. If you walk through there, you might observe that people are fidgeting. You might be asking yourself, why am I bringing up the amount of fidgeting? Why is this even important? Well, literature has proven there is a direct relationship between the amount of fidgeting that someone does in their chair and their level of comfort. 
Many times this movement can be considered to be subconscious, where the user doesn't even realize that they're doing it. They're into their work and they're working hard. And as we all know, ergonomics is all about the fit between the user and the equipment. When you think about all the different body types out there, it can become quite difficult just to find one single chair that would be a good match for absolutely everyone. There's no such thing as a truly ergonomic chair because an average person doesn't exist. Mind blown, people may be slimmer, taller, shorter than their colleagues. Even if someone may be average in height, this is very unlikely to carry over to all of their body measurements. This means that there would be a different requirement that each user would need from their chair and one standard chair would be difficult to match up to an entire workforce. It just doesn't exist. So let's talk about how can you find a chair that works for everyone? So first of all, having the necessary chair options are absolutely key to find an ergonomic chair that will work for everybody. But what about finding a chair that is absolutely ideal for all your clients? Research has found that when trying out chairs, ensuring that each person has at least, at least, this is a big thing to know, 18 minutes of sitting with each option helps a lot. This is the minimum required duration to be able to distinguish between similar chairs. Of course, someone may know immediately if a chair is uncomfortable. And in this case, the chair will not need to be tried for any longer. This suggestion really helps for when there are several high quality ergonomic chairs with similar options. You may be surprised to learn that the opinion for each chair changes by the end of the trial period. So, do you have a favorite chair out there that you really love, that you recommend? How did you go about finding it? What I like to recommend for people to do when they're just starting out or they want to make sure that they're on the leading edge of what's new and exciting for chairs is go to a chair store. A specialty chair store is always favored. And just Get a salesperson to show you around, make notes, take pictures, start to compile your own resources so that you can be recommending the specific type of chair that could work for your client. What I think is really useful to do is to develop relationships with chair sales people. And they could be district managers of your area. And that's because when you have to have a fast turnaround for chairs, you can call them up and ask them specific questions about chairs that they have. I've certainly done this before with certain manufacturers, and I found that it's saved so much time. For instance, I had one scenario where I needed to shave a part of the seat pan down so it wasn't causing any sort of excessive strain on that person's tailbone because there's a pre-existing condition there. I already had that relationship with the vendor, and this is something that that chair company actually did. They can do any modifications for a specific chair. And then what do you know? That 
share was delivered within a reasonable amount of time for that client. The client paid for it. I was able to help that client and I got an amazing reference from that company as well. So keep that in mind, everyone, and really consider how you go about keeping up to date on the newest advancements of chairs and how do you ensure that you are delivering the best chair to your client in those ergonomic reports. Something to consider always. As I mentioned in this episode, I do have resources available for ergonomics professionals who are just starting out with doing ergonomics assessments in the office or that you want to write reports faster. All you have to do is click to the waitlist for the business of ergonomics, the Accelerate program, because I have specific time-saving resources there that will help you write reports faster and help you find the best equipment that's available in the market today. Until next time, my friend, I can't wait to chat to you again. If you have any suggestions for episodes, feel free to let me know. Share this episode if you thought it was useful. That helps a lot in getting the word out. And I hope that you have a fantastic day. You can get started with office ergonomics assessments today. Healthcare professionals are seeing the potential and opportunity to add office ergonomics assessments to their practice and services. Go to ergonomicshelp.com begin to get the exact seven-step process that works so that you can get started today without the confusion or overwhelm. Just head to ergonomicshelp.com slash begin now.